Welcome to the Sugar Switch Podcast, featuring Kathy Orman, health coach and author of The Sugar Switch. This is the number one short, sweet, and to-the-point podcast all about sugar and your health. You'll discover how to kick the sugar, eliminate cravings for good, completely reverse pre-diabetes, increase your energy, and lose weight, look good, and feel great. As well, you'll be empowered to reduce your risk for serious health issues. And now, here's your host, Kathy Orman. Hello and welcome to this new series of episodes all about sugar and your gut. Today we're doing a sort of overview of the gut, digestion, and the effects of sugar. As this series progresses, I will go deeper into various aspects of gut health and how sugar impacts the gut. Gut health is so important and people are definitely becoming more aware of it and being more open about it. There's a lot of new research being done on gut health and it's emerging as one of the key areas to focus on when it comes to improving overall health and energy. Here's what's coming up in this episode. First, we'll clarify sugar. Then we'll talk about how digestion works and the gut-brain axis. Then we'll get into the effects of sugar and the effects of sugar alcohols. And finally, we'll talk about related episodes of the Sugar Switch podcast. To get started, let's clarify sugar. I want to be clear right at the beginning of this episode and the series about what I'm referring to when I say sugar. I'm referring to more than just table sugar that is half fructose and half glucose, or honey, or maple syrup, or coconut sugar, or any of the hundreds of refined sugars. It's more complex than just white sugar. In the category of sugar, I'm also referring to all manner of refined foods that are highly processed. They have virtually no nutrition and digest so fast that your body has no choice but to digest them and treat them just like ordinary white table sugar. It's important to note that the human body needs one type of sugar called glucose, which it uses for energy. There are a couple of conditions about the glucose your body needs. It needs to be from the right sources and it needs to be in the right amounts. The right source is carbohydrates from whole, minimally refined vegetables, fruits, and whole grains because they contain nutrition. The right amount would be consuming at one sitting or meal or snack a moderate amount of whole foods. Because vegetables have less natural sugar than fruits, it makes sense to consume more vegetables than fruits. Fruits should definitely be eaten in moderation. There's a whole episode on this, which I will include in the list of related episodes at the end. Let's talk about how the digestive system works. The digestive system is a very intricate system that most people don't ever spend much time thinking about because it's designed to work automatically and effortlessly all the time. And generally, it works perfectly. Most of the time, we simply don't need to worry about it. We have many gut reactions and signals that are complex and involve many parts of our physiology, including blood, nerves, muscles, hormones, and communication with the brain. There's even a gut-brain connection that we call the gut-brain axis. We'll talk about that a bit later. Digestion actually starts in the mouth. The salivary glands produce lubrication and enzymes that start preparing the food for digestion and nutrient absorption. When the food is swallowed, it goes into a one-way tract called the alimentary tract, which goes from the mouth to the anus. Along this tract, there are strong involuntary muscle contractions called peristalsis, which perform two functions. Churning the food, which helps it to digest, and moving the food from the mouth to the anus. 
There are many muscles in various points along the way that keep the food going one way. If the food were to go in the reverse direction, it would have disastrous effects. As food moves along the elementary tract, it is broken down. Starches become simple sugars. Fats change to become fatty acids and glycerin, and proteins become amino acids. The stomach stores and digests about one quart of food, churning and mixing it with gastric juices, including pepsin and hydrochloric acid. It takes from two to five hours for digested food to pass from the stomach to the small intestine, or duodenum. The small intestine is a narrow muscular tube that is just over 20 feet long. The small intestine continues the digestive process. Alkaline juices, enzymes from the pancreas, and bile from the liver, which is stored in the gallbladder, enter the small intestine. Bile acids dissolve dietary fats. Blood vessels and lymph fluids in the intestinal wall absorb nutrients from the food. Food that cannot be digested in the small intestine, such as plant fiber, goes into the large intestine. The large intestine, or colon, is a wide tube that's about 5 feet long. It absorbs water and salt from the remaining digested food it receives from the small intestine. The colon is the home of billions of bacteria. Bacteria converts the remaining food into fecal matter and it's moved through the colon to the rectum and out of the body. The colon, while doing its job, produces various substances such as carbon dioxide, hydrogen, and methane, and more gut bacteria grow. There's a mixture of good bacteria and not-so-good bacteria in the colon. Digestion is usually a painless process. If there is pain, it's either above the waist or below the waist. If it's above the waist, it indicates indigestion or heartburn, issues with esophagus, stomach, or duodenum, which are all close to the heart. If the pain is below the waist, it's in the colon, issues with constipation or diarrhea. Let's talk about the gut-brain axis. The gut is considered to be the second brain. It is the center of the enteric nervous system, and it has a two-way communication system with the brain. This connection is called the gut-brain axis, or GBA. It connects the emotional and cognitive centers of the brain with the digestive system. Nerves travel from the brain to the esophagus, the pancreas, the stomach, the gallbladder, the small intestine, and the colon. This explains why the sight and aroma of delicious food can start the digestive process going from your mouth watering to feeling your stomach being stimulated. It also explains why sights, sounds, and smells can become gut-wrenching for you. Stress or feeling nervous can cause you to feel sick to your stomach, have cramps, or suddenly need to use the bathroom. The gut-brain axis is a very complex system. It involves the limbic system of the brain, which are the amygdala, the hippocampus, and the hypothalamus, as well as hormone secretions from the pituitary gland and the adrenal gland. This system affects the nerves in the gut, called the enteric nervous system, muscle layers and gut mucosa, muscle contractions, gut permeability, secretions of mucus, and the immune system. We are literally just scratching the surface of this topic. The whole subject of the gut-brain axis is very big, and it would be a whole topic on its own. Let's talk about the effects of sugar. Various types of sugar are broken down in the digestive system by various enzymes. Here are some examples. Lactose is broken down by the enzyme lactase. Maltose is digested by the enzyme maltase. Fructose is broken down by the enzyme aldolase B. 
Sugar doesn't always have a direct effect on digestion and gut health. In some cases, sugar has an indirect effect. This means that sugar can cause issues within the body, which can then impact the gut and your digestive system. Here are some of the effects that sugar can have on digestion. Diarrhea. Studies have shown a connection between poor digestion of sugars and diarrhea. If a person's gut produces an excessive amount of intestinal mucus, it can interfere with the digestion and absorption of sugars, resulting in diarrhea. Gas. Excessive amounts of sugar that cannot be broken down and absorbed by the body will ferment in the bowels. It will move more slowly through the colon and feed the bad bacteria and yeast, which causes a buildup of gas. This can cause a lot of discomfort in the form of gut spasms, cramping, and pain. Gastroparesis. Gastroparesis is a condition where the muscle action of the stomach works more slowly and food stays in the stomach for longer periods of time, which can cause gas, bloating, indigestion, and heartburn. The root cause of gastroparesis is not known, although people with blood sugar issues and diabetes are at a higher risk for gastroparesis due to the possible damage of the vagus nerve. Lactose intolerance. Lactose is the dominant sugar found in milk. Lactose intolerance is the inability to digest lactose. This happens when the intestinal walls do not produce enough of the enzyme lactase, which breaks down lactose so it can be absorbed into the bloodstream. Lactose intolerance can cause bloating, gas, nausea, cramps, and diarrhea. There will be more information about lactose in another episode in this series. Fructose. Fructose can cause digestive issues. The only organ in the body that breaks down and metabolizes fructose is the liver. Fructose metabolism can be inhibited if a person is fructose intolerant and lacks the necessary enzyme or if the liver is damaged by fatty liver disease. Fructose needs to be broken down before it reaches the colon. If it is not broken down before it reaches the colon, it becomes a high-octane fuel for intestinal bacteria that is usually passive and controllable. It causes hydrogen gas, bloating, and loose stools. Undigested fructose accumulates in the liver and the kidneys, eventually causing those organs to fail, which can be fatal. When it comes to fructose, it's important to note that the body can handle a certain amount of fructose metabolism from whole foods. The overload of fructose most often occurs from added sugars, highly refined foods and beverages that contain an excessive amount of fructose in the form of HFCS, high fructose corn syrup, and various other forms of refined fructose. I'll be talking more about fructose in another episode a bit later in this series. Liver issues. Sugar and refined foods consumption have been linked to fatty liver disease, which is defined as an accumulation of excess fat cells in the liver. When the body is forced to produce excessive amounts of insulin to handle high levels of blood sugar, it can cause insulin resistance. This means that the cells no longer accept the blood sugar as energy, and the insulin has to store the blood sugar in fat cells. Those excess fat cells can end up in the liver, causing fatty liver disease. This damages the liver, which affects the liver's ability to produce the enzyme aldolase B, which is needed to metabolize fructose. Fructose needs to be broken down before it gets to the colon, as mentioned just a moment ago. No matter what form of sugar you are eating, it's important to remember that sugar is still sugar. All sugar should be consumed in moderation. Even if you're using the healthiest sugar on the planet, it's no longer healthy if you use too much of it. This also applies to consuming natural fructose from whole foods, like fruits. Moderation is the key. 
Let's talk about the effects of sugar alcohols. Sugar alcohols are neither sugar or alcohol, although they have a chemical structure that is similar to both alcohol and sugar. They are sweeteners that are known as sugar polyols. This is a type of FODMAP, which stands for fermentable oligosaccharides, disaccharides, monosaccharides, and polyols. FODMAPs are short-chain carbohydrates that are indigestible and not absorbed in the gut. They can cause digestive issues for some people, particularly if you have SIBO, small intestinal bacteria overgrowth, or IBS, irritable bowel syndrome. There are several types of sugar alcohols, including xylitol, erythritol, sorbitol, and mannitol, which are monosaccharide-derived. There's maltitol, isomalt, and lactitol, which are disaccharide-derived. And there's maltitol syrup and hydrogenated starch hydrolysates, HSH which are polysaccharide-derived. Most sugar alcohols are not digested the same way as sugar. They are not absorbed completely in the small intestine, so they provide about half the calories of sugar. The portion of sugar alcohols that are not completely absorbed in the small intestine pass into the large intestine and are fermented by gut bacteria. This can cause gas, bloating, and diarrhea if too much sugar alcohol has been consumed. Erythritol is processed differently in the body than xylitol or other sugar alcohols. Erythritol is mostly broken down before it gets to the intestine, which means that much of it is absorbed into the bloodstream and is excreted unchanged in your urine. Current research on erythritol also suggests that it is resistant to fermentation by some of the gut bacteria. This is why erythritol is less likely to cause digestive issues. Erythritol is commonly combined with other sugar substitutes like stevia and monk fruit. It is the main ingredient in the brand name sweetener Lecanto monk fruit sweetener. Most monk fruit sweeteners contain erythritol. Let's talk about related episodes of the Sugar Switch podcast. There are a few related episodes that you might want to search out and listen to. They are TSSP012, Does My Body Need Sugar? TSSP059, Sugar and FODMAPs, The Connection. TSSP067, Sugar and Inflammation, Part 5, SIBO Digestive Order. TSSP072, Insulin Resistance, A Serious Condition. TSSP089, Done with Sugar, Part 5, Sugar Alcohols. TSSP118, Fructose, What You Need to Know. Here's the one minute recap. In today's episode, we clarified the term sugar. We talked about how digestion works, and we touched on the gut-brain axis, or GBA. We also discussed the effects of sugar and the effects of sugar alcohols. Then I gave you a list of related episodes of the Sugar Switch podcast. Here's the bottom line. Gut health and the whole digestive process are not generally top of mind for any of us unless you have a digestive issue that needs your attention. Even though the whole digestive process is so amazing and happens without any conscious effort, it's important to have a basic understanding of how it works and what factors affect it. Sugar can have a big effect on your gut health, whether it is directly or indirectly. When you are more aware of the impact that sugar and refined foods have on your gut, you are in a position of power and choice. Having the awareness can give you the motivation to make small, sustainable changes in your dietary lifestyle to improve your overall health and energy. If you're ready to step into your power and make small, sustainable changes that have a big impact on your gut and digestive health, contact me. 
I can guide you to make tweaks that are perfect for you and your bioindividuality. Go to connectwithkathy.as.me forward slash switch to book an appointment. As a certified health coach, I guide women to create great health and energy as opposed to serious health issues through switching out sugar and junk foods and replacing them with real nutrient-dense foods. The idea is to switch out of something that is powerfully damaging and into something that is powerfully health-creating. My experience in this has been beyond powerful and continues to be my ongoing guide. I believe this switch saved my life and it can save yours too. Inquire about my coaching programs. The Sugar Switch Podcast is the only weekly, short, sweet, and to-the-point podcast program that focuses on switching things up to give you a new perspective about sugar, nutrition, and your health. Every episode is available on thesugarswitchpodcast.com and on Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, Blueberry, Google Podcasts, Podcast Index, and on Android. You can find me on Facebook by going to facebook.com forward slash Kathy Orman Sugar Switch. There's always lots of interesting info on my profile page. And by the way, if you reach out to me on Facebook, be sure to mention that you heard the Sugar Switch podcast so I'll know we have a connection. Until next time, live the sweet life by switching out harmful foods and switching in real nutritious foods one step at a time. Bye for now. Thank you for joining Kathy on the Sugar Switch Podcast. If you would like to be free of sugar and relentless cravings, increase your energy all day, every day, reverse pre-diabetes, and totally avoid serious health issues like diabetes, inflammation, and heart and stroke issues, Kathy Orman would love to connect with you. Find out how the Sugar Switch system can help you be the healthiest you can be. Contact Kathy Orman at www.thesugarswitchpodcast.com. Tune in next week for more great info on the Sugar Switch Podcast. And we'd love it if you'd submit a review for the Sugar Switch Podcast. Thanks for tuning in.